Welcome to Podcast 1017. This podcast will feature interviews with Drew's professionals who are experts in their fields and who will share their experiences and success stories. We hope the podcast will allow you to not only learn about various industries, but also inspires you to achieve your own version of greatness. Network 1017 knows the importance of a strong network and have made it our mission to provide you opportunities to build professional networks and to cultivate success within our community. This episode is brought to you by the generous donations of our sponsors, Nabil and Dad Al-Mashtoub, Joe and Randa Ghazal, Dr. Ramsey and Dr. Ramona Dakur, and Saleh Abul Hussan. Thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast 1017. Today we have a very special guest, his name is Wissam Kish, and he's an actor out in Hollywood, and he's going to tell us a little bit about what that experience looks like and how his career just kind of skyrocketed from there. So Sam, first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. How are you today? Good, thank you. How about you? Good, good. I like your plants. Thanks. Plants are very, you know, keep the oxygen nice. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah, they look good. I, I like gardening as well. So I always like it when I see other people's plants and stuff. So I nerd out a little bit with that. Ah, nice. Okay, well, good. Um, something we have in common then. Uh, I don't know about gardening. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good I'm going to be in that, but that's good you do it. <laughs> watering them in the house. That that takes work. So that's part of it. So I consider you a gardener. There you go. Thank you. So I want to start off by just kind of asking you a few questions. Um, I know a lot of us have been, we were thinking about questions to ask you. And mostly we just kind of want to start off by saying like, what made you want to go to LA? I know as being an actor, it's such a big move, especially coming from Oklahoma, right? And mm-hmm. I studied in London. So talk to me about that process and what made you pivot to go to LA? Yeah, I've, uh, so in college, that's when I really switched up the gears where I realized this is what I want to do with my life in a professional sense. And I realized, oh, I want to be a professional TV actor specifically. And uh, LA is obviously the place to do it. Yeah, there's a lot of places that shoot television shows now, like New York, Atlanta, Toronto, uh, Vancouver, uh, London, and you know, obviously in, in other cities, but it seems to me still the the mecca, if you will, of uh, filmmaking and television and everything like that is in LA. So I had to come here for that. And why did you study in London out of all places? Because I know about versus like studying training in LA specifically, that's where you want to go initially. Right. So I actually just did like a semester in uh, London and the majority of my training was in the University of Tulsa, which had an amazing acting program. And my main acting professor there was Lisa Wilson. And she was absolutely an incredible um, acting teacher and acting coach. And she really helped with my foundation as well. And then the summer abroad program uh, semester that I did in London really opened my eyes to what high, high caliber acting, theater performance, filmmaking, art, and just traveling and being on your own kind of for the first time really opens your eyes to a whole other perspective on the world and on people and yeah I was always lucky to be around uh good teachers especially in high school and even in high school because uh, I had a teacher there Troy Powell who had an amazing uh, theater program and that helped as well before I went into college so I've been very blessed with my teachers and coaches along the way so I'm very thankful for that so I 
you know, I, I did a little acting when I was younger. For some mm -hmm. reason, I wanted to do commercials as a kid. So I spent two years being trained as like an actress, had a, you know, acting commercials, you know, yada, yada, yada. And yeah. now looking back, I'm happy I did it when I was so young, like eight, just because it built my public speaking skills. But I'm curious, what did they teach you that was so profound and kind of reshaped the way you act? Because acting, you know, you can say there's so many actors out there, but there's certain mm. actors, you look at them and the way they do things, you're like, that's a good actor. What was those, mm. you know, what was that for you? And what did they tell you? You know, that's a very good question. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to answer it super simple. And it's going to sound like almost ridiculous, the answer, but it's really that simple. You ever go to like a theater performance, like a community theater, and you see a lot of like overacting and people are like, oh, uh, which, by the way, that was most of my uh, beginning career. And, you know, I thought like, yeah, I'm a good actor. <laughs> and it wasn't until I went to London and it was the first time I actually saw a performance on stage specifically where I was like, whoa, I'm not a good actor. This this is good acting. And it's the way it's being delivered. It's so truthful, you know. It's not like they're reading lines or you can tell like they're, they have this performance, performance voice on them. It's very down to earth, very grounded. And there's something that's almost indescribable. Like, yeah, that guy's not making that up when he's saying that. And then, and that's as simple as an answer. And as, as I continue to train, I would find myself like dialing it in for television performance as well and be like oh wow i'm really overacting in that performance or oh okay i can make it more grounded and just really talking to the person that i'm in the scene with and being present and not thinking about oh i didn't say that line very good or oh i'm thinking about you know the next scene instead of just being present with your acting partner i think that's also very important as well so yeah walk me through the prep work for that because from my research before this interview i mean there's a two types, I wouldn't say there's only two types of actors, but what I've found to be two types of ways most actors spend their time training themselves for a part, one would be being that character for a while before you actually start filming. So like you actually like, mm. if you want to be the Joker, you are yeah. the Joker day to day, you know, whatever you're doing every day, you're pretending to be that person. And you're really, I know there's a word for it, and I can't remember the name for that, but you're immersing yourself yeah. with the character. And then there's actors who kind of just understand the story do the thing and try to be as authentic as possible through that process. Like what would she do if she was, her husband cheated on her, whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah. what was, what's your process like to prepare for that? I think you're, I think you're talking about method acting. Yes. There you yes. Go. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's controversial. I'm not a fan of method acting. If it gets you there, awesome. But I, I trained when I was, especially in college, in a very structural way with the Uta Hagen process. And it's the nine acting questions. And it's, who are you? Where are you from? What time is it? And what do you want? What do you do with, to get what you want, etc. And it's a very detailed set of questions that when you first start studying in it, you're writing out pages of information and being as specific as possible. And what that does is it's, it creates the world for you more vividly. So you're working on literally your imagination skills. And some people have it, some people don't. Some people work at it to get it better. And I, I don't know which one's true. I don't, but there is this natural 
thing with me that I know, like my imagination skills are very good. And so honing in on that and writing things in detail, especially in the beginning of my college career, writing a lot of notes on my script and everything like that just helps you imagine the world that you're living in. And going from that training method to professional acting, man, there's a lot of stuff they don't tell, teach you when you're in college or high school, whatever, about the professional acting world. They just don't because I, I, I don't know. There's no training program for it specifically. And you kind of have, have to learn a lot of things by trial, by fire. And I'll give you an example. Yeah, please. Um, auditioning. You know you're going to audition for a role, right? But auditioning is a whole set of skills that is separate from acting. And yeah, you're still doing the acting work. But one specific obstacle that a lot of actors have trouble with is let's say you're, you get the script, you get the email with the breakdown and your agent sent you and with all the information and you're in your, your chair at home that you like to read lines in and you're working the scene, you're working it over and over and you're reading the scene in your chair and maybe you stand up a little bit in your room and you run it and you're like, boom, I got this, this is gonna be awesome. And then you get to the place and all of a sudden it's like, you don't know the lines anymore. You don't know what you're doing. You feel like you're being um, nervous. You're letting those nerves take over. You're intimidated by the other actors. You mess up in there and that gets in your head and you leave going, what happened? I had it all ready to go in my bedroom. <laughs> and so one of those obstacles is you're gonna be in a completely different environment and that's gonna throw you off completely. And you don't learn that until it happens. And, and if you have a high sense of awareness, you'll go, oh, wow, I really need to train or practice this in other rooms in my house while I'm taking a shower, while I'm going for a walk, ask a friend, hey, can I run lines with you? Go to their apartment and do it. That way you're not thrown off by this different environment. And so you can go in there and still do the job that uh, you know, you're trying to get hired for. So little things like that along the way that you know, nobody really teaches you until you really learn in person. I think I answered your question. <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, when you said that, it made me think like things that I used to do in the past. I used to have this walking coach. Don't ask why, but I used to just do crazy competitions for fun. Just Wait, wa a walking coach? A walking coach. So I used to do a lot of competitions when I was younger just to like, okay. just to like uh, challenge myself and put myself in places that I wouldn't, like most people would say, okay, that's not your character. That's weird. Like hot dog eating contests, whatever. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> okay. in different ways it's a silly thing to do but it's fun all right and i used to have this walking coach and he before competition would be like uh i want you to walk right now and i'm like in the middle of a grocery store with tons of people and i'm like mm, no because this is not like not the setting and he goes he's like i don't care i want you to pull the walk right now mm. and i'm like so embarrassed because i'm like okay this is like a personal thing i'm doing i didn't really take it seriously you know like in a way he was training me to say when i ask you to do that skill I want you to be able to perform it right then and there, no matter how uh, embarrassing it might be, how uncomfortable it might be, how awkward the setting is. The whole point, he's like, if you know how to do it, do it. If someone asks you, you can do it. And that, and I, what I loved about that is because it really put me in a pressure that I've never thought I could ever do before. Like I've never thought, never felt, to be honest. And mm -hmm. so when you, when you mentioned that, I think that's, that's interesting because they don't really, it's like almost school. You go to school for four years, you go to work, in the actual uh, industry, the actual major that you studied, 
But when you get to the real thing, you're like, I don't know how to do this. I know how to calculate the numbers, but I've never been in this type of environment setting, uh, rushed this much to just do the job. So it's interesting. That, you know, that parallels with everything in life. You're absolutely correct because there is a, a heightened sense of awareness when you know how to do something very well. And if you watch master craftsmen, whether it be sushi chefs, whether it be uh, 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 swordsmen, I'm gonna go through all like Japanese things now just because I love samurai <laughs> culture, uh, but master craftsmen specifically in any type of field, their awareness and their body positioning when they're doing their craft is so calculated and so in their muscle memory that that took years of experience mm -hmm. to get into them, you know? Mm -hmm. And it takes a really good teacher to pass that knowledge on so that that student doesn't have to <laughs> deal with years of frustration and challenges and mess ups and failures. So that's, that's critical as well. And going back to your question of what's my process, um, my process now is a lot different and a lot more streamlined than it was when I was in college or when I first came out to LA 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. I've been thankful to have good reps that have gotten me so many auditions and I'm very lucky for that. I've read so many scripts. I've read so many character breakdowns that the process for me, whenever I get an audition through my reps and I read the sides, I go, oh, I know exactly this type of story they're trying to tell. And I print off my sides and it's a very respected process now because I realize the opportunity and how I respect the storytelling that's taking place and there's a gratitude and there's a specific word for it, a reverence that I have for the material and for the opportunity to practice my art and for what it is in that moment. And it's almost holy in that sense when I start working on any type of role I get. And so there's a heightened sense of awareness and memorizing becomes second-handed just because I've been doing it so long. And because once you understand a scene, it's easier to get into your bones. And then from there, I can connect into my own personal creative choices that I can put on the role, the we Sam flavor to it that no one else is going to do. And that's what will make it special in the long run. I love that. So it sounds like it's almost like a pilot. You have your list, you check it twice, you keep going through it, you make sure you follow the procedure and the steps to really, in a sense, it's a formula to help you move forward in your career in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. And you're not only a lot of actors in the beginning, they're like, I want to book the job. I want to book the job. And of course you do. I mean, who doesn't? Who does goes into an audition not wanting to book the job? More importantly, you want to make a good relationship with that casting director because there's so many things out of your control as an actor. Your looks, uh, other casting that happens opposite of you. Maybe the production is going a different way with the character completely. So you want to make sure that whenever you show up to this audition, that even if you're not really right for it, man, you knock it out of the park. So that casting director goes, whoa, they weren't right for this, but I, I, I wanna keep bringing them in for stuff because they're really good and I really like them and they're really professional. 
And every time they show up, they make me look good because whenever I show them to the producers, the producers are like, whoa, he's not right for it, but man, he's really good. Thanks for showing him us. Maybe we can keep something else in mind for him. So having that type of attitude, that mentality, man, that's when stuff really starts opening up to you. You said something very important that I keep hearing um, over and over again, uh, just as I get older. And it's, it's simply this, just be good at whatever job you get, just be the best you can be. Right. And I used to take that. I'm like, okay, whatever people are just telling you that. But in reality, it's like, even if you're a cashier at McDonald's, even if you are, you know, a janitor somewhere and it's not the ideal job you want, but if you're really damn good janitor or you're a damn good cashier and you make people happy, they come and they remember mm. you. Oh, you always remember John's order every week, you know, whatever the case may be. I've found through my experience of following that advice that you just get noticed more and more and people just naturally want to give you more opportunities. And when you say it like that, I, what I love is that as an actor, sometimes you don't have a choice on what you want. You can say no to many things. You have the choice to say no, but sometimes you're going to be given stuff that's not the ideal job, like you're saying, but doing the best you can for that role and just making sure to leave something in their head and the end of the audition seems like gives you more opportunities, which is pretty interesting. I never really thought of that. So yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about a role that you were given and it was kind of morally just not aligned with your morals and your values. And you kind of did, I mean, have you ever gotten a role like that, that you are kind of almost feel like, oh, I, don't, I don't really agree with this, but I want to do it because I need the job or I want to get noticed and this is a good opportunity. No, I always <laughs> pass. I've gotten a lot of roles that require like certain types of nudity or certain types of sexual acts. And I just pass on them. I'm like, okay, I'll, my reps aren't going to drop me. They respect my boundaries. And if, yeah, if they're good reps, they're going to respect your boundaries. And if they're not that, okay, well, bye. You know, hey, reps like your agents. Yeah. Agent manager. And they're awesome. So they're like, okay, yeah, no worries. And they understand you. So that's good. And, and actually now you mentioned something what's the steps to take to get an agent? I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there who are probably trying mm -hmm. to produce films, trying to be actors yeah. and they need a good agent. I mean, how did you come about in that process to find really good ones? This is what I'm gonna say for anybody who's looking for an agent or a manager in any type of field. Make sure you're really good. I'm talking about really, really good. Because first of all, there's so much competition out there. We're in 2021, things are moving so quickly. Everybody's work online is just like, majority of it is high caliber. If you're coming out there with like C work, B work, A minus work, I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't, I, I wouldn't wanna work with you because I know there's so many people out there who are better than you. So why would I wanna go with someone with a lower caliber style of work? So make sure you're training constantly, make sure you have the best, most polished work possible and from there, that's when you can start looking for an, a manager or an, or an agent. And from an actor, if you're an actor and you're looking for that, it helps if you know someone. Uh, and if you don't have that, showcases are your next best bet or casting director workshops are your next best bet. And yeah, those are the three ways mostly. But if you know someone, that's usually a little better. Where do you find these casting directors if someone wants to look for those stuff? Like a- A workshop? Workshop, yes. Oh yeah, they're online. You can find them online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I say that and I'm not specific because if you're like, well, what's the website? Then you don't, no, you can Google it. You can figure it out, you know? That's why I'm like, 
if somebody's like, can you text me the address? I'm like, no, you can look it up on Google. We told you where it's at. And I know it sounds a little mean, but it forces you to be proactive and do the work yourself and ask the right questions instead of asking questions to make your life easier, which this is not what it's about. Interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty important to tell someone that because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, I just, I just want to do it. And you're like, okay, well, I don't really see you doing it, you know, and putting yourself out there. So that's really important. I'll be honest with you. I practice acting almost every single day. And I truly mean that. I have something to do to keep my craft sharp so that when I do get appointments in, boom, I'm ready to go. Hmm. Even when I was filming my TV shows, like my lawyer show that I was doing, and I was filming sometimes some, some weeks, it was just a couple of days, but some weeks I'd be on set four or five days a week. That weekend, I'd still go to my acting class. So wow. there's no really point of not training. Like athletes, the, the great ones continuously train. So I'm like, oh yeah, why, 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 why aren't actors training? And when actors say stuff like, oh, it's too expensive. Oh, well, get another job to pay for it. You know, yeah. what, you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, you, you're too tired. Come on, man. That's, this is when you have energy, you know? Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the process of you, your routine now. So you're saying that you practice every day. What does that look like, especially during the pandemic? I don't know, has that affected you career-wise? I mean, what are you doing to keep yourself motivated if it has? Yeah, I got prison thick during the uh, pandemic prison thick like uh, I'm just working out at home and uh, I've gained some pounds uh my uh my discipline has faltered slightly and I hate that however it's picked back up and we're back on track and yeah it's it was a weird time you know the first week of it was fine but after that I was like oh, I, I want to work again mm-hmm. so it's been a really interesting experience from my end of things but at the end of the day alhamdulillah like I'm thankful for everything you know, I still have my health. My family has their health. Um, I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table. Um, that's so much more than a lot of people have. And I'm, I can still work hard towards my craft. And mm-hmm. yeah. So for me, I don't want to like complain about it too much anymore. I'm tired of doing that, honestly. And yeah, it was tough, but for other people, it was a lot tougher. So alhamdulillah, everything's fine. What have you been doing to be proactive now that it's being slow? What, ha- other than training and being great mm-hmm. at your craft, what have you been doing being proactive to get jobs in the future when things open up more? Yeah. So uh, me and my buddy, we're pitching a couple uh, shows now to production companies, which is awesome. So uh, we've been writing a little bit and setting up meetings here and there, and they've been going great. That's awesome. Are you allowed to share? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. Not yet. Okay. I, yeah. I wish I could share, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, talk to me about some work that you would really like to get into, like really like to, to play more of um, oh, opportunities to do. That's a good question. You know, in all honesty, nothing specific. I love good writing. If it could be a drama, comedy, a, like an action genre, horror genre, dramedy, multicam, anything really, as long as the writing's good and the story is good, that's fine with me. Hmm. Are there topics that you want people to, to write more about and you haven't seen out there that maybe mm. of interest to you? <laughs> There's so many shows on right now. I feel like everything's being talked about and that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think the, the stuff that I haven't seen yet is the stuff I'm writing with my buddy. Got you. So to be, yeah. continued, we'll see. <laughs> to be continued, yeah, for sure. I hope so, because 
Yeah, it's some, I like it. It's a very uh, unique sense of humor. It's dark comedy too. So oh. I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, good. Um, as long as you like it, I'm sure it's gonna be great. I mean, I've been told if your energies, if you like it and your energy's in it, it shows in your writing, right? So. Oh yeah, for sure. Plus you have to be a good writer too. So that helps. <laughs> A little bit, right? <laughs> what shows do you watch on, on TV or movies? That's a great question. Um, to be honest, most things that I watch nowadays when it comes to film is like feel-good comedies. I always like to, a good laugh, so I'm always looking at different ways. But right now, actually, more and more, uh, a lot of Arab films. I don't know why, but I've just been founding... Well, I do know why. I mean, a lot of the work I want to do is write about Arab comedies um, that I don't see quite often. And... So I'm trying to understand that side of the world and how they write and what kind of topics they focus on. I don't know why I've been more pivoting that way. It's just been interesting for me because I'm trying to see what hasn't been done and most importantly, what I care about and see how I can make it unique to this side of the world. Um, since we don't, I, would, I don't want to say like we're so underrepresented. Yeah, maybe we are, but I don't want that to be the focus. I just don't think there was really great stories to be told or hasn't been told yet. and. Um, have been creative enough to be put out there in a way where people could relate to. Um, so I spent a lot of, I hope that answers your question. I just spent a lot of time watching those types of films where like Nadine mm -hmm. Lebeke, um, I've been really interested in her work more and more. Um, a lot of indie films, independent films, um, just things that I, have mission. Yeah, I know my, my two favorite <laughs> Arabic shows. One's a little old school. They're both comedies though, is Jamil Luhana. Okay, I've never seen that you one. Know, yeah, I know like, <laughs> Marti Binti wa Ana. Like, I don't know if that's okay. like a really, really old one. Okay, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that one. Uh, and uh, Khurbi. Khurbi. Wow, okay, I have to write these down. So what is a Jamil and Hannah? Yeah, and the basic premise is like a, a really jealous wife. <laughs> Sounds like most. Or no, 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 a husband trying to make his wife jealous during the first full season, first season, and then the second season, something happens and now the the wife is super jealous of the husband and then khurbi is like <laughs> i don't know i just like it because it reminds me of some maybe not immediate family members but like kind of like that culture of old um you know like old uh in the druze communities like yeah in like sweda or Kanawat and like those kind of areas yeah okay i like that what is it called? Khurdi? Khurbi? Khurdi. Khurdi or Khurbi? Khurbi. 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 Okay, yeah. Okay, Khurbi. Got it. Yeah. Sorry, my Arabic's horrible. I can't read or write, but I can understand it and I can <laughs> kind of talk it if I get some practice in, but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's uh, But at least you, you're somewhat connected. That's good. Yeah. Actually, I mean, to talk about that, I mean, you know, being Druze, has that affected you? Like, has acting affected your relationship with your parents? Have they been supportive? Have they kind of been like, oh, maybe you should reconsider. Like, what's that? Mm. How was that like going through that? Um... My parents have been nothing but supportive my entire career. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah. They've been, a, they've been awesome. And my dad, you know, he was like, if you're going to be an actor, be the best actor. Don't go just go for the, you know, the mediocre mm -hmm. goals. I was like, that's fair. And um, yeah, they've been absolutely supportive. And being Druze is something very special. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things about Druze that it transcends or it should transcend national borders, whether you're American, Lebanese, Syrian, anything, Jordanian, whatever. It's a very special, special person, I believe. 
and your sense of awareness. That's one of the biggest mm -hmm. blessings that we've been blessed with, I believe, is your awareness. Mm -hmm. That perspective on life is so critical because everybody notices there's a lot of people with a very narrow perspective on life and think that they know everything. And what's amazing is when you can have that wide variety and go, wow, maybe I don't know everything I think I know. <laughs> so yeah. I love that. And hmm, that's, that's very true. Uh, I got to say, though, has that helped you bring something different to the table as an actor, meaning allow you to pitch certain ideas that maybe the scriptwriter didn't think about? Um, how has that made you unique? Mm. It's a great question. I love finding things in a script that the writers didn't intend to, or there's a joke in there that they didn't intend for it to be. That's actually, I know it's a slightly feeds my ego and that's fine, but it makes me happy from an artistic point of view. Whenever a writer has come up to me like, oh my gosh, like I didn't, I didn't know there was a joke there and you found this like amazing moment. That's really cool. And I'm like, oh, cool. But inside I'm like, yes, you know, like that just, <laughs> that just makes me very happy. And as long as it makes sense with the whole story, that's very critical too, because you have to remember as the, an actor, you are just part of the story. Mm -hmm. So you must be of service to the creator of the show, to the director. And yes, you're providing something as well. So you're not just put on the back burner, but it's not all about you. So that's very important to put, uh, check out your ego very quickly. Was that the moment where you were able to be from good to great, or maybe just at least getting to being great? I'm all, I've always been great. What are you talking about? No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, no, I am not great at all. I have so much more work to do as, as an artist, as an actor. I am, uh, yeah, no, I'm nowhere near great because I see the caliber of work that uh, truly great actors do. And uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a while to go and that's okay, but I want to continue working at it every day. So. so what does a great actor look like to you? Mm. Mm. It's a combination of things. And cosmic timing has a lot to do with it mm. because storytelling and the impact of storytelling and the purpose of storytelling is to what, you know, what kind of story are you telling and why are you telling it? That's critical too. Yeah, it's a business. People want to make money, et cetera. But certain stories, certain films, certain TV shows come out at wonderful times in the zeitgeist, in the, you know, specific times in human history, if you will. And those stories, because they came out at the perfect time and these actors have been studying their entire lives or they've been working really hard and they have the perfect role for them at the perfect time that they just shine, um, uh, that, that has a lot to do with it as well. But at the basis of all that is training and discipline because without that, you've missed your opportunity. So aside from timing, because timing is something that's out of your control, I would, what I mean by that is when the opportunity comes your way, it's really a matter of what's meant for you and, and all the rest of the universe, uh, you know, involvement in that. But when it comes to training, you know, you say you practice it every day, right? And you know, mm -hmm. and you know what you need to do to, to be from good to great. What is that great actor? I'm trying to get specific here with you because I want whoever's trying to do this, I want them to get it most from this interview as possible. But what does the great actor do with the training that maybe some have not reached that point yet? Does that make sense? Like, is it a little bit like, for example, hmm? like uh, an athlete, right? 
like an athlete, let's just talk about someone who plays for the NBA, whatever. Their workouts are so different from probably maybe how a high school person works out, right? Mm-hmm. Or what they do, how they eat, how they train their mindset is so different from what maybe the college kid does. There's a, there's a big jump Maybe there's something that I've always seen people talk about this. There's like, yeah, you know, in college I was doing this and this, but as soon as I got into the NBA, I'm like, oh, I did not do this. And now I see how my improvement has gotten better. Is it just mm-hmm. playing with better actors too? You know, is it, I don't know. No, that's, um, this, is, this is the only way I can answer this question. When you see a certain performance and it transcends Mm-hmm. the screen the stage and you're like whoa blown away by it there is a common thread between all great athletes or artists or warriors or leaders in the past and the one common thread is the number of hours and days and months and years they spend training mm-hmm. if you look at some of kobe bryant's training regimen (laughs) like that is so crazy to the common person but for someone who is obsessed with being great that's not crazy at all Hmm. imagine the how much better he he said this in one of his interviews and i'm paraphrasing but let's say training starts at eight and it goes till five well what happens if you come in at 5 a.m train for three hours before, and then you stay for a couple hours after training. That's five hours extra a day that you're training. Wow. That five hours extra in a month's time doesn't make a big difference. Six months time, eh, maybe a little difference. Two years time, that's a whole big difference from your competition to the point where even if they're working hard, they're never going to catch up with you. You're at a certain level and you're running your engine at a certain RPM and maintaining that, then bro, you're untouchable. Mm -hmm. So that is the common thread between all the greats is -hmm. the training. And I know it's not super specific, but (laughs) it's the training. It's that's, that's, that's a specific. I I like, I like that. I mean, this, it's going to help people say, okay, put a little fire under their butt and say, okay, if you really want this, put the extra training in, do the extra hours. Yeah. I, I, I honestly say to people, or I've talked with people before, I'm like, how many hours did you put into this scene? Or how many hours did you work on this script? Just out of curiosity. And usually it's not a lot of hours. Mm. And I'm like, ah, well, that's why it has problems. Love that. I can't say much after that, actually. It means it's just doing the work. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, yeah, I, I'm really blessed to have read things that, people before me have struggled and messed up on so that we can get a little bit of a head start mm-hmm. in this world. So that's always a blessing too. Yeah. What's, I got to ask, I mean, what's something that you wish someone told you when you, I guess, well, I guess you answered earlier, just not showing you how, you know, how the real world works in the entertainment industry, but was there something else that like could have saved you more time going to LA? What was that thing you wish someone told you? I mean, maybe not be regretful about it, but just say, oh, if someone mentioned this, it probably would have saved me, you know, some time going into my industry. Probably train more right from the beginning. I mean, I was in acting classes and I was, you know, taking it seriously, but 
I probably could have worked harder in those first few years. Yeah. Before or while you were there in LA? Oh, while I was there. While you were there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like lazy or anything, but yeah, you could always work harder. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. What's the, what's the most thing you enjoyed about the industry and what's what's one of the things that you hated about it i mean those are two questions mm. but i'm curious i love working i just love going to set and just working like that is so much fun for me and then the byproduct of that is that i'm able to take care of my family like and my mom and dad and that's what i want to do and that's what i'm you know doing right now and that's just a blessing you know they they gave up a lot to come here for my brothers and I, and it's a complete privilege and honor. And I, I hope to be continuously blessed by it to keep taking care of them and, you know, have a family of my own someday. And, you know, just that's, that's huge in this day and age and to be doing something that I love and to be doing something that can entertain and enlighten people for the long term is mind blowing. So just, your family actually left Oklahoma to come with you to LA? Uh, no, I'm talking about uh, Syria. We were, I was born in Syria with my mom and dad, and then we. Ah, I didn't know that you were born in Syria. Okay. Yeah, and then we were we lived here for uh, most of my life, and yeah, and so it's very important for me to honor them and take care of them as as I think I should. So, and my brothers as well, and they're they're kicking butt too. So yeah. When you said you left Syria, how old were you? I think like a year or two. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So they really picked up and left and took the kids. Yeah, it took me. My brothers were born here in the States. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you saw, you saw a different side to coming here and, you know, immigrating here in some way. Yeah. And then we'd visit back and forth and realize how amazing we really had it here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And now are you in, you're in where right now? Oklahoma or LA based right now? I'm LA based. Yeah. Yeah. LA based. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you miss Oklahoma? <laughs> I mean, it's a... <laughs> no, not at all. It's great. It's a great place. Uh, I don't miss it. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I really don't. Um, I do miss traveling to Japan. That place is freaking amazing. Uh, I love, I love the nature and the culture so much. What's that? So, what's that connection with Japan so much that you love? What was about it that compared to other places you've been to? Oh my gosh, just the respect and the courtesy of the people when you go there and how everybody is so their their awareness and looking after one another, just little things like everybody just naturally stands to the left side of the escalator so that they're not blocking it for the people who need to go by. People line up in lines automatically. Nobody's like getting in, you know, there's no trash on the streets. Everybody carries their trash until they see a trash can that throws it away there. Um people are so friendly in any kind of service industry you go. There's a huge amount of respect. And like the craftsmen that I, I got, I had the pleasure of seeing work over there. I was just like, oh my gosh, how can I apply this to my craft? What can I do to make myself better? Like as they're making their craft better, how can I be of service more to my community? Um, oh, going back to your other question of uh, what I hate most about the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, have you ever seen that show Jiro Dream? Uh, it's a Netflix documentary, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. No, but I love sushi. Is it something good to watch? 
Oh, yeah, then you have to watch it. It's like the best sushi place in Japan and the best sushi chef in Japan, apparently. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the very beginning of it, he he's being interviewed and he says, find something you love to do, do it every day, and then never complain about it. Mm. And so I'm trying to adopt that as best as I can. So yeah, I'm trying not to complain about it. <laughs> yeah. There's downfalls to it. There's downfalls to everything that you love to do, right? And sometimes opportunities come with that. So you don't know. I mean, what doesn't have thing? What career path doesn't have things you hate about it? Honestly, you know, like I can talk. I can mention something if I want right now, but you know what? So what? It's an obstacle, and I'm gonna overcome it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's a great, that's a great attitude to have. And I'm sure it's going to serve you very far in your career because, you know, you're going to need it. You're going to need that strong mindset. For sure. For sure. Yeah. What do you do? Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, what, what do you, what do you do for work? For work, I'm marketing consulting. So I help a lot of businesses with their marketing, right? Oh. Right. Like, you know, little commercials for them online, post stuff for nice. them on social media. Not my favorite thing to do, I would say, but it's definitely served me in the way I communicate with people, how I network with them, um, just how to be an overall better business professional. Uh, Now I'm more pivoting to script writing because I found that there's a lot of joy in that. Um, I don't like to be in front of the camera as much as I used to because of all the Mm -hmm. work I have to do. Um, It's fun, but there's a different, I think there's so much more power when you're able to write it versus just, uh, acted out at least for me I felt like there was more control there I don't know I hate using the word control because that makes me sound crazy but like I feel like you can you can you can put a message out there that's intentional when you're able to have the ability to write it so mm. that's kind of more of my focus now just pivoting a career that I spent like 10 years doing marketing now I'm like okay now I'm ready to just that served me take it to the next level and do something that's I think more fun and great yeah awesome yeah yeah that's awesome um so aside from all the stuff that you've you know you've gone through and you and you've experienced in LA who's your top role models like what do you feel like every time you need a moment just to look back I mean is it thinking back in Japan and all the people you learned from who who are those main people you always go back to and say oh they remind you you know who you want you know, my parents had a huge impact on me growing up. You know, we, we had a family restaurant for almost 25 years and wow. how much my family worked hard, my, especially my mom and my dad in the restaurant and how much of a toll that took on them physically, especially that's huge. Mm-hmm. And the amount of hours they had to put in daily for that. And that type of work ethic is very rare nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it would, at times when I'd be out here and I'd be tired, I'd kind of be embarrassed to tell them that I'm tired while they're still working in the restaurant too. So that was a big motivation as well. But I'll be honest with you, I I don't necessarily look up to anyone. I admire certain characteristics in certain people and where they're at because of certain personality or mentality traits. I think that's that's where I get my motivation to be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like uh, example is like The Rock, watching him work out before he goes and shoots for a whole day on set. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, cool. So when I was a series regular, I'd be like, 
I'm not going to stop working out. I'm going to go do my runs up the mountain before the before dawn and then be on set all day because that's a blessing. I have the energy for it and I'm alive and I'm going to utilize my day to the fullest. And yeah, you're tired, but you're going to be tired either way. So might as well just <laughs> be tired doing everything you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. What did your parents do so right that now makes you who you are? I mean, like you can tell you had really great parents. And I think that also plays a huge role in the upbringing of kind of how a kid grows up and just how they are able to pursue their career. There's so much support that I can just tell. What is it that your parents did right, you feel like, that really kind of like pushed you? Mm. That's a good question. It, it's hard to, to honestly pinpoint it because there's so many things, you know, it's little things that helped out tremendously and making certain things easier while not letting us know the actual toll mm. at certain times may, you know, you go, you go, Oh my gosh. That's actually a huge thing. I'll give you an ex I'll give you a couple of examples. My mom picking me up from drama practice every day. Mm. After she's been working in the store, driving here, driving there, driving. Like at first you're like, oh, that's not a big deal. But no, that's a huge deal. Mm. You know? Yeah, it is. Not, yeah. Or like to, mar to Taekwondo or to soccer practice and all those stuff. And that's huge. And then working with my dad because the majority of the time I was working with my father in the store and full disclosure as a kid you hated it okay like no kid is like yeah I get to work in a restaurant with my parents you know no <laughs> no nobody okay um and what kind of restaurant I just gotta know what, what you oh, can... it was called heroes subs and burgers okay. and it was like you know gyros or yitos uh subs burgers you know a whole bunch of stuff on the menu yeah and uh you know, he'd be like, I'm 10 or 11. He's like, start sweeping, you know? I'm 12. Hey, start taking orders. And you're like, Argh. and you're just forced to learn, like trial by fire, taking all these orders and being like, hey, say, how are you? Smile when they come in. <laughs> and that right there is not, doesn't seem like a big thing, but man, you learn how to deal with a wide variety of people taking their orders yeah. from the nicest people to the crazies, to the rude people, to the old people, to the young people, to the people who have complicated orders, to the people who have easy orders, to the regulars who would come in, to new people who you would have to like describe to them certain items on the menu and developing those communication skills with strangers on a daily basis almost. Man, that sets you pretty, pretty far ahead when it comes to public speaking or problem solving, or I'll be completely frank with you. My dad is awesome. I love him, but I can work for anybody. Okay. There's no boss. That's going to scare me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I worked with Sam Keish. Okay. That's like an inside joke between me and my brothers. We're like, bro, we can work with, there is no boss we can't <laughs> handle. All right. We worked with Sam Keish at the height of the store. So we're good. We're set for life and we appreciate that. We actually do because that's a certain confidence and, and learning how to deal with people that maybe 
who are in a higher position than you and learn how to, uh, <laughs> I'm being so careful with my words, uh, conflict <laughs> resolution. Do you know what I mean? All the Jews, listen, all the Jews people, all the Arabic people watching this right now know exactly what I'm talking about. And, <laughs> and so that's where it's at. And I'm thankful for that. Even though it was hard at the time, alhamdulillah, it's, it's something that I wouldn't trade for the world. So. Mm. Well, it sounds like they raised a very grateful person. So that's, that's good. Oh. They did something right. <laughs> they did a lot of things right. So I'm really thankful for that. That's amazing. And they, and I, and I asked that question because, you know, it's common for uh, a lot of like, you see a lot of boys being raised by moms and dads and they get babied. Some kids get babied because they're so afraid and careful. Like they're always like, you know, especially being Druze, always like, no, you can't go outside. No, you can't do this, especially the girls. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that they, they put you to work at a young age. They made you see what world, the world, real world looks like essentially, and kind of shaped you as a man in some way. So that's amazing to hear that. Yeah, I think, you know, there's no guidebook to parenting mm -hmm. it's the, the, and no parents are perfect. And my parents did the best they could with the knowledge that they had mm -hmm. and all their intentions were good intentions. So mm -hmm. I will never hold anything against them, even if like, you know, they yelled at me or whatever for this or that when I was young or made it hard, like, no. They did the best they could and their intentions were the best they could. And I only hope like I just in the future, if, if that's my path to have a family and stuff like that, then if that's what God blesses me with. then I hope I can um, do an even better job because that's, I think, the responsibility for each generation is to take the lessons learned from the previous one and um, move forward with that. I love it. I love that. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about some of the fears you had going into this business. I know it's a, uh, mm. but I'm, and I don't want to just I mean the typical fear. Like, I want to know, like, what was like a, a big thing inside you? They were like, I just, it really took you some time to break. Mm. Not being able to take care of my mom and dad is a huge uh, fear of mine. And it's not so much a fear anymore. It's more of a driving force. Like I want to do this and I'm going to do it no matter what, no matter what it takes. Like I'm going to do it. I'm doing it and I'm going to continue to do it. God willing. And it's such a big thing for me. Like, Oh man, when I was like the first couple of years and maybe a year, I think, I had worked a little bit, but I hadn't really booked a, a spot, a guest spot on like a television show yet. Excuse me. And I got off the conversation with, I had a conversation with my dad and my mom, which kind of upset me, but it was good because it motivated me to get, um, to work harder. And they were like, hey, what if the acting thing doesn't work out? Maybe you should work as a night manager at a hotel. And I was like, whoa that that like upset me because i was like no this is what i want to do and this is how i want to do it and they weren't trying to be like mean or disrespectful but they were just you know worried about me their parents right um but that kind of being the alchemist of your emotion is so important so you take that fear and you use it as fire use it as motivation okay what can i control then if i can't control that stuff that's fine what can i control and so you know, you start working harder at your craft. You start talking to this person, that person. For my first acting manager, 
I bugged him for six months in a professional way. Mm -hmm. And I signed up for his acting class. So I spent my own money before he even signed me on. Mm -hmm. And I showed up to class ready to work every day. I saw it as an opportunity to showcase my talent. And so if you want something really bad, man, you'll find any way to accomplish it. It's like somebody drowning. They're going to do all they can to, mm -hmm. to yeah. get air. So that's what kind of is my biggest fear. It's like, or it's not a fear anymore, but that's what was my fear. Yeah. I love that you took it and you said, and you made it into a drive. Yeah. That's so important. That's so important. I think, uh, I think whoever's listening to that, I, I want, the, I want to repeat that, like turn that fear into a drive. Yeah. You get so caught up in the motion of the fear that we forget that that weight, that could actually be our good friend too. And here's a secret to that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't not scared while doing it, but you still have to do it. That's where I think the true meaning of courage comes from. And I think people have heard that before. Like, it doesn't mean that you're not scared. It means doing the thing you need to do, even though you are scared. That's, that's real courage. And that's okay if you feel that. Just go, great, I feel it, but I still know the right thing to do. And also, like, like what's the other alternative? Ah, well, I'm just gonna curl up in a ball and sleep in my bed for most of the days. Like it's, uh, it's you yeah, know. That's, yeah, it's not me. I don't think it's me at a core at all. So, yeah. Did you find it very hard to find a good support in LA? Because I know you said you had some great people you ran into, but you know, coming in the in the acting world, sometimes you'll find people who are great. Sometimes you'll find people that are not your not your you know cup of tea. So, how did you put yourself in position to find people that were like like minded and could build that you know support system for yourself? Trial and error. <laughs> you know, here's the thing: if you have your goals really clear and set out it's very easy to see who's on your same wavelength and who's not. Mm. And I'm not saying be mean to people or disrespectful, but it's okay to cut people out of your life. Yeah. And it's not that you don't want to see them eat. It's that you don't want them to eat with you at your table. Mm. That's all. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Important. Yeah. So the one thing I want to ask is, I don't want to go into a negative topic at all, but I do want to bring this up and it's important because it's mm -hmm. the reality. This pandemic has played a big role in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Did it ever get you to start thinking, okay, and now I know you're starting something, you're trying to make something happen for yourself, but as an actor, you are reliant on others to provide you certain roles. And I know you're trying to create one for yourself, mm. but have you, have you found that there are other ways to support yourself through this time? Like was, did something cool happen where you were like, oh, well the pandemic happened, but now there's these opportunities i never thought would come out there for, for you. Like what, what, would, what was that, did that ever happen? Did that might, you know, did you start rethinking, not necessarily to change your career, but there could be a better way to, for this to be done? and create more opportunities? I don't know if that question confused you, but I'm trying to- No, I'm trying to find the best answer for that. Yes, it made me think of, it made me switch my tactics up mm -hmm. on my career. And that's fine because the circumstances change. And it'd be so foolish of me to keep trying to do the same thing. And my circumstances are different. It's like a restaurant that doesn't adapt or change to what the customer's needs really are. 
-hmm. And then you're like, okay, well, they're not gonna come into your restaurant anymore. There was a lot out of my control and there was a lot of waiting game stuff. So that was the biggest obstacle, like just waiting. Mm -hmm. Literally nothing I can do, but wait. And that was, oh my gosh, so hard for somebody like me. I'm very impatient. Oh my gosh. If there's something that needs to be done, I want to get it done now. Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person is like, oh, we have an argument with each other. Let's resolve it right now because I don't want to go to bed thinking about it. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like that. But yeah, it was just the waiting. And so in that waiting, it's like, okay, I learned I was practicing piano for a little bit, that sideline, practiced my guitar for a little bit, that sideline, played video games, that sideline, uh, trying to read more, <clears throat> writing more. Writing was the biggest thing and producing, creatively producing television shows was more entertaining because I'm like, oh, cool. I have stuff ready to go once this business gets back on its feet on top of my acting. So things are happening. And also my podcast, I do my podcast weekly. So that, <laughs> that kept me sane because that's something I could focus on weekly. And that was something every week I could do. So that helped a lot. And it's We Sam's World for those listening. Subscribe oh, to us. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about your podcast a little bit more. What made you want to do? I know it's because the pandemic kind of got you to that step, but why did you feel like you had a you had a topic? Like, why did you feel like you had to have you had a voice to share? What was it that you wanted to share your voice, your conversations? What was that? Well, I'm so handsome, you know, and I'm so <laughs> smart that I'm like, gosh, man, people need more of me in their <laughs> life. Uh, no, of course not. Um, no, I love having great talks with people and. I love laughing. I love joking about stuff. I love having talks that really like deep talks. And I feel like the conversations that I have with people on a private basis, I'm like, oh man, I can have these with people on a public platform and people are going to, I think people would dig it and people have been digging it and that's awesome. So yeah. That's amazing. So where can we find it? We, find, we can find you on YouTube, right? Where else? Yeah. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, the full episode is up Friday mornings, but Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time. If you tune into Adobe Radio online, it's like an internet radio station. Uh, we do it live on there. It airs live okay. for an hour. Yeah. It's very cool. And you're on Facebook, right? I know we have that there, so we're going to share that. What about Facebook? IG? IG, we're on the IG. We're on the Twitter. <laughs> we're, on, we're on the TikTok, but we don't post anything anymore on TikTok because I'm tired of having another social media account to post things on. Uh, we were on Parlor. We got kicked off. I'm kidding. We were never on Parlor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, to pivot a little bit, uh, being on social media, acting, always in front of the camera when do you ever get sick of it? Like, do you ever find yourself, you're like, I just don't want to be on here. Do you ever find that moment? And how do you kind of get over it? Cause it's your profession to be on camera all the time. On social media? Just in you general, mean? social media, being on camera, just always being on the camera. Do you ever feel like you need a break from it? I, I love acting. So on camera stuff is fine. Like I'll, I'll I, I don't mind doing that. That's fun for me. I can be on set for 16 hours five days a week and I will not complain. I'll, I'll love, I love it. And, but social media is a whole other animal beast and it's necessary for my business. So I'm finding ways to work with it that I have that is comfortable for me. 
What I don't like though is no, I guess I it's just self control. Like I find myself on Instagram just scrolling. Like I hate that. Yeah. I really do. And it's so silly. I feel like like why? Like I was like pre internet. I grew up pre internet. I grew up when AOL dial up internet was coming on. You know. And I'm like, what did I do before that as a kid? Like, how did I have fun? <laughs> yeah. But um, recently my brother came into town, my youngest brother who's in dental school, Daniel Keish. Shout out to Daniel Keish. He's going to be a doctor. IG handle. <laughs> it's tall, dark, and very handsome. And he has the most hilarious Instagram account. And my brother, the middle one, I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother, the middle one, he's a, a musician and music producer. Keish Music. You should check out his music. It's right. incredible. He's super talented. Um, uh, yeah, we had a brother's weekend uh, week and we went to Big Bear. There was snow. We had a blast. And um, yeah, that just hanging out with them in the woods while it's snowing. I mean, that's what I love, you know, you family see. and wilderness. Did you find yourself being in this industry? Because I'm sure you had to work hard a lot. Did you find yourself like having to kind of not always see your family all the time, have to give up on certain moments where you guys all got to hang out did you ever feel like it was hard to balance uh yeah it takes a toll on you but whenever your motivation is to eventually take care of them and in a, in a positive financial way like that's okay for now you know like there's been multiple times where either my mom and dad are coming out or my youngest brother's coming out and all of a sudden i book a job and i'm not in la like i have to fly somewhere and i'm like oh of course of course that would happen out of all the weeks like it's just this one week and i just take that as a sign where it's like yeah this is the sacrifices that are needed so that's fine Hmm. now i know we're running out of time i probably went over didn't keep track of it but i do want to ask you one last question this is for everybody out there who is listening okay um if you can give them one type of advice i hate this question but i love it at the same time one thing just to leave them with after watching this uh episode uh, that they can just take with them to kind of further their career in acting or producing? Mm. I'm going to take a very dramatic pause here for the editor. Um, <laughs> figuring out why what you want to do is important, mm-hmm. but more importantly, figuring out why you want to do that thing. What's the motivation behind it, truly? And how does that serve you in the long term? Then ask yourself, how does that serve your family in the long term? Then then ask yourself, how does that serve my immediate community in the long term? Mm. And figure those things out and figure out what's really important in your life and make kind of like a list and Whatever those things are, never compromise. So for me, it's God, my faith, my family, my craft, and being of service. Mm -hmm. So make sure nothing skips those things. And I think it makes life not necessarily easier sometimes, but clearer. Mm. I love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We Sam, it's been a pleasure, honestly. Yeah. Really enjoyed this conversation. And um, I know a lot of people out there probably would 
we'll be super excited to watch this episode and just kind of hear more about what you have to say. And um, if it's okay with you, if someone has a question, are they willing? Are there? Are you open to letting them reach out to you and just ask you that question if possible? No, <laughs> don't reach out to me. How? I no, of course. Yeah, you can just message me on Instagram. It's fine. I'm, I usually respond back to the sane people. So yeah. <laughs> sane, keep it short and keep it sweet. I guess <laughs> Sam to respond to you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And uh, I love what you guys are doing. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, guys, stay tuned to, when we put this out. And if you have any questions, just reach out to Sam or our team and we'll make sure to get that message to him. All right. Till next time. Bye, guys.